When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on the mistletoe, oh, what a beautiful noise. Grab a brew and talk KSU, cause here comes Bosco's Boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for a Friday grab bag. <laughs> I mean, I don't I, I, I don't know uh, what else to call it. Um, again, originally, originally I wanted to get a um, guest on to talk this week. Um, but with the week <laughs> with the week that was K-State Athletics, and again, at risk of anything too crazy happening um, between now and the time you guys are listening to it, there's still just enough that I wanted to say and uh, talk about that I'm, I'm just going to have a Friday grab bag episode. Um, sorry if you guys are tired of hearing from me, but um, look, when, when you have guests on the show, it's kind of more of a facilitator than getting my thoughts out there, and I, I have enough rambling up in my head, rattling up in my head that I felt like I, I needed to, or I, I don't need to do anything. I wanted to um, still just kind of get it all out there, uh, regroup, and then get back to everything on Monday. Um, the plan next week is still to go five days a week, again, for better or worse. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, so I anticipate at least one more week going five a week. Um, and then before you know it, I mean, what, you know, then you're close to the bowl game. So I think we're going to be able to see out the year going five a week. So hopefully it, it is only good or reacting to news uh, and nothing too crazy. Um, but sadly, the, the worst news of the week has arrived. Um, you guys thought I was devastated yesterday. You thought you guys were down bad Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, but today we got the news that Jacob Knuth is no longer going to wear number 21. Um, I, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, obviously that doesn't mean anything, but had a couple player number announcements, which usually don't get until the spring or fall, but K-State getting some of those out in December, Jacob Knuth wearing number 21, um, Ty Bowman wearing number eight. And Avery Johnson wearing number two. Um, we'll talk more, especially about Avery Johnson here in a little bit. But um, I'm sad. R.I.P. the era of K-State having a quarterback wearing uh, the number 21. 
Um, <laughs> uh, all, all jokes aside, um, I'm sure he's happy. I, I'm guessing quarterbacks don't want to be wearing 21. Um, the other bit of small news that I'll touch on here before uh, we, we talk about how great Manhattan Brewing Company is and then get into some other stuff. Um, Philip Brooks officially ending his K-State career. He's opting out of the bowl game. He will not be going through bowl practices. Uh, so no Philip Brooks. Uh, and his career ends at K-State. Now, he's a guy who, I mean, I think he maybe has played the most games in K-State history. Um, played as a true freshman. And then a redshirt freshman, a redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior, redshirt senior, and a COVID super senior season from Philip Brooks. He his name is littered all over the record books. Um, I would say for a guy like him, it has been much more um, record accumulation based on um, career achievement, being around forever. But again. Um, you can't take that away from him. You can't detract from what he was able to bring to K-State and what his career was. Um, quite frankly, I I was kind of hoping to see him one last time, but I understand why he wouldn't. Um, and it does continue to really set up, okay, um, Avery Johnson, and, and again, we're going to talk about it, spoiler alert, Avery Johnson's saying, um, it is going to truly let Avery Johnson be able to cook with the skill guys that he's going to be working with next year. So that that's exciting. That brings another level of depth to the um, to the game. Um, so now, really, it's the assumption Ben Sennett isn't playing. We haven't heard um, any confirmation. We have gotten confirmation uh, through Connor Riley that the offensive line, the entire offensive line. Uh, the guys who will be leaving, they're coming back one last time. So um, I imagine any sort of opt-outs or anything like that we will hear over the next probably 7 to 10 days. I wouldn't imagine uh, anyone would get too deep into bull practice and then decide to pull the plug. So um, no Philip Brooks, but great career from him. All right, um, let's talk about Manhattan Brewing Company, um, the best – brewery in the state of kansas um i said it yesterday uh during yesterday's show um and then sure enough they had a tweet today on thursday or yesterday as you guys are listening to this um wabash ale which is partnering with wildcat nil coming to shelves next week so um i have a task for you guys the boneheads and k-state fans all across the state need to sell this beer out if you want to find a creative way to support K-State NIL, go to your lo- local liquor store, and if they have that beer, buy it up. If you're in Manhattan and you go to Manhattan Brewing Company, go to the tap room, buy a couple pints, buy a couple four-packs. This is a fun and easy way to support K-State NIL. And here's the thing. If you get your local liquor store on board to buy that beer, you sell it out, boom, you buy it up. You and your buddies go in there and just like, all right, hey, we're buying this. That's going to send a signal not only to Wildcat NIL, not only to Manhattan Brewing Company, but to your local liquor store as well. And guess what? If Manhattan Brewing Company is happy, they're making me happy. I'm being happy. I'm, I'm, you know, a lot more fun to listen to on this podcast. So my challenge to all of you, 
Talk to your local liquor store. If they're not going to have Wabash Ale in stock, ask them to bring it in and then buy it up. Coming to shelves next week. All right, uh, the biggest news, positive news, again, um, as dark and as sad and as frustration as frustrating as yesterday's episode was, the sun rose. Um, I think it got to 50s today as of recording, um, and everything is okay. We're, we're all going to be okay. Um, and and uh, on top of that, we have good news. Avery Johnson is staying at K-State. Avery Johnson is coming back to K-State. Um, it was early morning. I started getting texts. I won't out any sources. Um, but I, I, I was talking to a merchandise partner uh, of K-State who has NIL... Um, relationships they do nil gear it's not charlie hustle although uh i mean look i I think it's a pretty good i think it's a pretty good chance that charlie hustle is going to have an avery johnson shirt next year just a hunch Uh, but they said hey we're just informed that avery's going to switch his number to number two and he's coming back um so i I started asking around and, and sure enough um was getting confirmation of some great news and that's avery johnson coming back um, that is the first piece of great news we had in a long time. And I'm over the top with that. I, I, I can't underestimate how big that is for K-State. He was already seen as one of the leaders in the locker room. And he is someone who has interacted with uh, future recruits. I think this calms down a lot of the anxiety around an exodus of the young offensive talent. I think this goes a long way of keeping the 2024 wide receivers, uh, Price the running back, and Blake Barnett the quarterback. I think it signals to them, hey, everyone, it's going to be fine. Come come wear purple with me. Um, So um, I think that's a really good thing. Um, What's going to happen from here? Um, I'm not sure. Um, what does that mean in the short term? I mean, like I said, in the short term, I, I, I think um, things are going to settle down. I think um, it, it sets yourself up to fill out the staff opening and get back to working the portal. Get back to working um, the current recruits getting ready for signing day. Get ready for the bowl game with Avery Johnson uh, behind center. Um I think, I don't know, but I think um, what it says for the offensive coordinator position um, that Avery Johnson feels comfortable with either the decision that will eventually get made or the direction it's going to go. I know it's still college football, but when you have a guy who is so important to the immediate future of your program, as is Avery Johnson, I have no doubt that he was read in on the situation today and then he felt comfortable with it and he said all right let's roll um i i think transitioning into the offensive coordinator um search i don't think there there there, i don't think i know there hasn't been a ton of news if history tells us anything if reading some of the tea leaves leaves that are out there tells us something i lean towards 
thinking that Connor Riley is going to get promoted. Um, we're about 36 to 48 hours. Um, honestly, about 48 hours um, after it was first reported that Colin Klein was probably going to be going to Texas A&M um, as of recording. And look, he... Um, Connor Riley is really the only name that uh, has gained any sort of traction. Um, it's been picked up by a handful of national guys. Um, it makes the most sense internally. Um, and, and that's what Chris Kleiman has done for his coordinators. Um, when Scotty Hazelton went to Michigan State, he promoted Joe Klanderman. Um, when he fired Courtney Messingham, he promoted... Chris or uh, Colin Klein, um, Chris Kleiman seems to like to have the succession plan for his coordinators already in house. Um, I understand the frustration by some K State fans, um, thinking it might be uninspired. I'm sure if it does come to pass, folks will call it lazy. Um, I, I I would imagine that. That this isn't a, um, this is not a high approval rating decision if it is what what's made. And here's the thing: we we've come on here thinking we knew what coaching decision was going to be made, and it turned out not to come true. So that doesn't necessarily mean anything at all. Um, it, it could end up being someone else, but this would track. This would certainly track. Uh, for how Chris Kleiman has done um, his coordinator decisions. Is it my perfect hire? Probably not. Um, But does it give us the best chance to keep some of the continuity and keep things rolling with the best uh, offense we've seen since 2012? Yeah, I, I think it does. I think this gives us the best chance to keep everything intact and keep moving forward. Now, does that mean we're through the woods and we're not going to see any staff defections to go to College Station or elsewhere? Uh, no, I, I think there will be a battle to try to keep um, Brian LePac. I think there's going to be a battle to keep Josh Buford. I think there's going to be a battle to keep Coach Middleton, um, the wide receivers coach. Um, I think I think Coach Brian Anderson and obviously Connor Riley, I think he's going to get that promotion. Um, I think they're here to stay, and I understand. I understand, and if 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 your takeaway from um, this hypothetical, because all it is is a hypothetical, um, there has not been anyone who says, "Hey, the job is his." Nobody has said that, um, but it is the only name that has had any substantial public reporting around. Um, so don't take that. This is I am not reporting this. This is just me reading the tea leaves of what has been made public. So um, if that's the hire, I'm not going to stand on a pulpit and try to preach to you guys why it is the correct call. I was very nervous about promoting Colin Klein. I did not think that it was necessarily the right decision at the time. I was very worried about it. I was happy to be wrong. Um, I probably would fall in that camp right here. But again, I, I, I could easily be wrong. Connor Riley is a highly intelligent guy. Connor Riley is a 
is a coach who understands what's going on, not only at all 11 offensive positions, but all 11 defensive positions as well. Um, I think he is going to be capable of doing that this job if that is indeed where it goes. Um, so we'll have to sit back and see. I, I think... I think we're going to get a Chris Kleiman press conference next week. If not, uh, it might be the following week for National Signing Day. So I don't know when the next time we will hear media from Chris Kleiman. I don't know when we're going to hear um, official announcements of Colin Klein to Texas A&M. I haven't seen an official tweet um, as of 5 o'clock on um, December 7th. Um it's done, so there's no like, oh, maybe there's something going on. No, his wife went to Facebook and posted some stupid long message thanking the Manhattan community and K-State, blah, 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 and then said, well, time to spread our wings and gig them. Nah, I mean, that made it to Twitter and it made me roll my eyes. Although that that message was not for me, that was for her. Her Facebook audience, so I'm not I'm not gonna say anything bad about Shailen Klein, um, but but they're gone. Um, so I, I mean I guess it really is kind of sit back, wait, see what happens. Um, let me know what you guys think. Um, would you be upset if it was a Connor Riley promotion? If that is indeed what happens, um, do you want to see them go? Outside of the tree, what would you guys like to see them do? Let me know at Bosco's Boys at Scott Wildcat. Um, before we move on and talk about basketball, how about Charlie Hustle? First off, I want to give a shout out to Chase over at uh, Charlie Hustle going on the 1012 podcast with uh, Philip Slavin. He uh, had a fun conversation with Philip, kind of about the origins of Charlie Hustle. Um, where they've been, where they're going, and um, their partnerships with the Big 12. A lot of fun stuff coming down the pike with them. Um, they're really the best company. Today, on Thursday, they just dropped four absolutely awesome Christmas t-shirts. Ditch the sweaters. Ditch the PJs. If you want to be matching with your family on Christmas Day, if you want to go out and do a pub crawl on Christmas Eve, whatever... Get the shirts from Charlie Hustle because you don't have to look ugly. You don't have to look tacky to rock some Christmas gear. This is some stylish Christmas gear. I'm going to get the Santa Don't Stop Believing t-shirt. I'm ordering it right now. I'm not even kidding. I, I, I'm Okay, I am kidding. I already ordered it. I ordered it before I started this episode. I'm going to be rocking it as I drive around town looking at Christmas lights. Uh, might even throw Chauncey in the back seat. I hear dogs like Christmas lights as well. I don't know if that's true, but I think there's a targeted ad that ho- pops up on YouTube that tells me that. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, check out Charlie Hustle. Again, they had the Jay Rieger holiday uh, shirt design. They now have four holiday designs. They have the uh, plaid, uh, the, the Buffalo plaid, Heart KC, the Plaza Lights, all sorts of great Christmas shirts that you can order now, and you can still get it in time for Christmas Day. All right, let's transition into basketball. Um, happened after I recorded yesterday, um, but nothing I said yesterday really um, changes at all. Um, Naquan Tomlin has been dismissed from the basketball team. Um, K-State Athletics put out a statement 
uh, like 620 uh, yesterday, um, Wednesday, I should be saying, uh, yesterday as of recording it. And uh, like I said, it came from KC Athletics, and um, I'm not going to rehash everything I had to say yesterday, or that I said yesterday. If you want... um, if you want more in-depth uh, opinions on how this has transpired, everything, um, you know, from how President Linton handled it to athletics to K-State basketball, um, go back and listen to the episode um, from Thursday. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it just sucks all around. It sucks all around. So, um, look, I... I I think anyone, I think anyone outside of uh, a handful of people in the entire world um, claiming they know for a fact this was the wrong decision or the right decision, whatever, whatever side you want to go on, there is so much unknown information surrounding the Tomlin issue, nobody Nobody who is talking on a podcast, nobody who is talking on YouTube, Sports Talk Radio, there's no one who is on a message board or on Twitter. None of these people know it truly if this was the correct decision or not um, to remove Naquan Tomlin from the basketball team. Because there, despite some people out there trying to pretend like they may know everything, I guarantee they don't. Um, I I th- I think I think I may know more than the average Joe. But here here's the scary part: I've heard a million different renditions of a million different stories from a million different people. I've talked to people who are very close to the situation uh, from. Many different perspectives. I've, I've talked with people in the last 24 hours who work in Anderson Hall. I've talked in the last 24 hours uh, with people connected to K-State basketball. And I've talked in the last 24 hours, people connected to K-State athletics. And there are still, even from that, that segment of people, a total unalignment, disagreement, of what the basic facts are. So if all those people way closer than I am to the situation um, have different ideas of what the facts are, Joe Schmo on Twitter uh, has no idea. I have no idea. So I can't tell you if this was the right decision or not. What I am confident in saying is I, I, I do believe Richard Linton has failed as a leader um, pretty drastically in this situation. Um, I feel confident enough, and, and like I said yesterday, um, I, I'm not going to spread rumors. I'm not going to say stuff that I don't feel confident in. Um, at the end of the day, this is a fan podcast. Uh, I'm not presenting myself as a journalist. I'm not presenting myself as some keeper of all the facts, but but I think it is important in this situation to try to be as truthful and only shine light on stuff we know um or that i can be confident in being true uh, like i said i don't know anything to be 100 percent true in this situation but um when rumors and uh hearsay and 
everything um, that is being whispered in dark corners has now engulfed this entire situation, uh, and, and the rumors on all three sides of things are far worse than what I'm sure the truth is, which we will never find out. We will never find out the truth. Um, but I do feel confident in saying that uh, regardless of if he made the right decision or not, uh, Richard Linton failed uh, as a leader in this situation. Um, because quite frankly, I don't believe this um, announcement, I don't think that this statement of Naquan um, being uh, removed from the team would have happened um, if Richard Linton, um, quite frankly, wasn't shook a little bit from some of the public uh, pushback that he, he received in, in, in a 72-hour period. I think regardless, I think the decision um, has been or was already made. And granted, I was wrong. I was working under the assumption I thought Naquan Tomlin was going to be back. I thought that he was going to be reinstated either for the uh, North Alabama game or the Villanova game. That obviously turned out to be true. I have since learned um, it, it, it seemed pretty obvious he he was not going to play. And they were going to try to, quietly as you can, let him graduate and then move on. Um, but Richard Linton um, was rattled. Richard Linton was mad. Richard Linton did not want to have this hanging over his head anymore. Um, so what does he do? He makes a st- no wait. He didn't make a statement. The university hid behind uh, privacy stuff, saying we will not be making any comments at this time. Here is the statute uh, by NCAA charter in which we are uh, acting under. And then at six twenty in the evening, Gene Taylor was forced to sign his name to a statement. Uh, and again, I, I feel strong enough. Uh, in, in saying that I do not believe that is a statement that Gene Taylor wanted to sign. I believe that Richard Linton, uh, for all intents and purposes, put that together and said, hey, you sign this and release it. That's not a good leader. Uh, and it, it does make me afraid for fractured relationships between Gene Taylor and Richard Linton. It does make me afraid about fractured relationships from Richard Linton and Drum Tang. Um, and that's where I land on things. Th- there is at least a handful of folks who um, I've heard from um, saying, hey, I think this is all being overblown, the the stress of the relationship. Um, some folks have said no, all three are still on good terms. I don't necessarily know if that is true. I don't believe that to be true. I I, I'm choosing to believe in some of the reporting of folks way closer to this than I am. Um, uh, but regardless, it, it was not handled well. Um, I, I talked about the failure of communication by all three branches yesterday. Um, and, and today, I, I think it really does bear being said that Richard Linton... Uh, failed this from a PR perspective, from a communication perspective, from a management of uh, employees perspective, and, and just gets failing marks as a leader. Um, at the end of the day, 
if if the decision was that Naquan Tomlin was not going to be able to rejoin the team, there was there was no business letting it hang out there as long as it did. There was no business in him returning to the bench to be visible at games. None of that should have been allowed um, if this was going to be the decision. Um, if you just all of a sudden made this decision, um, you should have been stronger in, in, in what you wanted to do. Um, if this decision was made and others just didn't want to hear it, um, better communication should have been had. It, it, it was a failure of communication and leadership from the university president, and I do hope he is able to come back from this. I do worry that this is the uh, Jamar Samuel situation. If folks remember, um, John Curry suspends Jamar Samuels because someone went through the trash and found a money wire receipt. Um, John Curry's reputation has never recovered from that um, with K-State fans, with, with K-State sports fans, which with the AD, that's all that matters. Uh, with Kirk Schultz, him and his wife getting rid of any use of the acronym EMA or Every Man a Wildcat and then uh, having a couple high-profile feuds with K-State sports fans on Twitter, that ended his... Uh, you know, run at K-State. He There was nothing he could do from that point to rectify it with K-State fans. I do worry for Richard Linton that this is it for him. I, I, I have a feeling that K-State fans will never get on board with him, and I do have a legitimate worry um, that this could trickle down um, and see Jerome Tang leave in the spring. I do worry that uh, you, you could see... Uh, Gene Taylor maybe retire earlier than he originally would have hoped for. Um, and that is my fear. I hope that fear is uh, over-exaggerated. I hope it is overblown. I hope there's a way to rectify this. But but that is a legitimate fear I have with uh, what's what's currently going on uh, with K-State sports. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really about it. Uh, Naquan Tomlin... I believe I'm led to believe we'll be eligible to play in the spring semester. Um, and of course, you know, the, the list of teams that he's being connected to Texas tech, West Virginia, Miami, and, uh, Oh, the university of Kansas. Um, <laughs> Naquan can go and do whatever he wants. Um, again, I don't know enough information to be mad at him. If he were to go to a big 12 school, I won't like it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to tweet anything. I'm not going to like go out of my way to try to boo him or anything. Um, because I, I have a feeling even if he were to hypothetically go to KU, um, I think there's a lot of K-State fans um, who would be fine with that and cheer for him when he comes to Bramlage. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I personally hope um, he moves on. Um, not rooting against him by any means. I don't have enough. I do not have enough information. I don't think there's any heroes in the story. I, I don't think there's any heroes in the story. Um, but I hope everyone. I because there's affected parties. There's affected parties. I hope all affected parties are able to get what they need from the system. I hope they get what they need from the closure um, and. and I, I'm just afraid that this is a no hero situation where 
the system probably failed a lot of people. Um, and sports fans get caught up in real life. Um, and, and, and that's that's what always makes these tough to, to, to navigate. Being a sports fan, having to try to navigate something that is obviously far bigger than sports, having way bigger impacts on, you know, if the team you cheer for is going to score, you know, enough points, um, just makes it a tough one to, uh, to navigate. We're going to move on from it. I'm hoping... I'm hoping to not talk about it again. You guys are going to have to forgive me if some small news pops up and I decide not to talk about it. You're going to have to forgive me if I have guests on and we don't talk about it. Quite frankly, it's exhausting. It's not fun. Um, Like I said, there's no heroes in this. Nobody is a hero. Um, And I think a lot of people are at fault. Um, And there's there's nothing we can do um to change it there's nothing we can do to impact it so i just i I just don't want to talk about it anymore um so i hope you guys will forgive me um if this is the last time we bring it up i mean unless he goes to a big 12 school i mean if he goes to ku and we have to play naquan tomlin twice um i'm sure it's going to rear its ugly head um so um but unless that happens, I'm just I, I just don't want to talk about it moving forward. So you'll have to forgive me, but that that's kind of what I want to do. Now, what I wanted to talk about yesterday, um, how about that game versus versus Villanova? Um, great atmosphere. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> Tang in his post game said, "Yeah, you know, hey, I challenged them and they, they, they answered." This, that was the first game to sell out, single-game tickets. I think it was going to be a crazy atmosphere, whether that happened or not. But but it, but it was. Um, was able to sit down courtside right in front of the students. So it was one of the loudest environments uh, I've experienced uh, since I was a student. Um, that's not to say that it was necessarily louder than anything last year. But again, there, there's a difference being up in the corner row 30 versus being you know, six feet in front of the students right next to the court. So I got to say it really gets loud down there. And I don't think, um, most fans who watch games on TV or fans who aren't, who, who, who aren't, haven't been given the privilege to, to be that close to the court or be amongst the student section. I don't think, I don't think folks really appreciate how truly loud it gets down there on the floor. Um, because, there was times I could not have, I, I couldn't even scream something to the person next to me and have them hear me during big moments in that game. So, uh, so much credit needs to go to the crowd, the students. It was awesome. Um, and look, it, it was it was a great game. Look, there were moments, especially closing out that first half, where you think to yourself, "Oh my gosh, this team really has it. This team maybe does have what it takes to finish." top four in the Big 12. Hey, maybe this team is going to end up, you know, with a six seed, pull off an upset in the round of 32 and make it to the Sweet 16. Um, but but then they go on cold periods. And, you, you know, it, and then it's like, okay, here's the frustration. Now, um, I have no idea. I don't think anyone really knows how good Villanova is or isn't going to be. Are they going to be a tournament team or are they going to finish, you know, lower middle class of the Big East and maybe they're in the NIT or maybe they're not in postseason at all? 
Um, I don't think anyone really knows how good K-State can be. You know, um, this is our second best win. But again, uh, Providence, I think they got their ass kicked by Texas Tech. I think that's who it was. Or it was Oklahoma. I don't remember what it was. But, I mean, you, you have wins over some anywhere between upper middle class to lower middle class Big East teams. Um, so I don't think anyone really knows how, how good we are. But again, there were just some moments of great basketball that gets you excited, that, that buys you, forces you to buy in. And I think that's part of the fun of basketball when you try to compare it to football. Um, football, you can have a quarter where you touch the ball one time. Everything is slow, methodical. Every single small play, every single small moment can be the difference Um in the entire game basketball it is going hey you could look like world beaters the next you could look like absolute trash the next and then oh look you're going to overtime and and i think i saying trash is probably a, a bad bad verbiage um but but it really kind of felt like that with when it comes to uh that game i i think for the most part um, for large stretches of the game, you played good defense. Again, as we talked about beforehand, um, the scary part about playing that Villanova team is they shoot so many threes that they get hot. All of a sudden, they can come back just like that. Uh, Villanova shot 31 threes. They were 35% from three. Again, that's the sort of night that they expect to win. If they hit 11 of their 31 threes, they're 35% from three, they are expecting to win that game. And again, the wild thing is, they shot better from three than they did from two. They shot 35.5 uh, from three, 34.8 uh, from two. And I got to say, part of the reason is, this team was great about contesting shots. Now, they worked it around, and they did a good job of getting some wide-open threes. Um, they, they, they truly did do a, a good job of stressing the K-State offense, pulling them all different directions, and getting those three-pointers up. But K-State did a great job really battling when it got inside of the arc. Because again, anytime that you hold them to a lower two-point field goal uh, shooting night than three-point, you're doing a great job of contesting shots inside the arc. And again, despite Villanova getting some wide-open shots, uh, K-State did play good defense. They are getting a hand in the guy's face. They were forcing late shot clock threes, contested threes. So I think for the most part, they, they played pretty well on offense. But again, when you yourself are going to shoot uh, 8 of 22 from 3, 29, 59 from the floor, um, I mean, honestly, it wasn't that bad. I, I feel like, you know, kind of looking back at this game, it should have been higher... Uh, Higher scoring. I, I guess K State had 16 turnovers. Villanova only had 11, so that's maybe where where it comes into play there. Um, but ultimately, uh, K State comes out on top, and I, I think there's there has to be something. I think there needs to be a science study done on Tyler Perry being able to make again a, a game winning shot this time um, late in the game. Uh, again, he did nothing the entire game. We didn't even get second half Tyler Perry in the second half. We just got a massive shot right at the buzzer. Um, not right at the buzzer, but towards the end of the game, the game-winning three-point shot. Um, and, and that's awesome. Again, he struggled. He was 2 of 10 from uh, three-point, 
four of two, 12 from the field. So he's two of two on uh, uh, field goals. Only got to the free throw line six times. Only shot six free throws the entire game. Um, Villanova shot 17. So again, I, I think that's probably uh, where the game ended up getting close. I think there's a, can- a chance K-State could have really stretched it out. Um, but you know. You, you won the game. <laughs> You're not going to lose sleep. You're not going to get mad over a, a win. And, and I think that was very important to get that win. Um, what's going to happen? What, what's going to happen from here? I, I mean, I, I don't really know. Um, you, you know for a fact that you don't have Naquan Tomlin. Um, you're moving on and playing LSU, 12.30 tip-off, SEC Network. Their best player is Will Baker. He's a seven-footer, so uh, McNair and Colbert are both going to have to have a big game. Um, you know, Colbert going against his team. I think you're going to need more minutes from Colbert because I, I would imagine both McNair and Colbert get their uh, share of fouls on defense. So I think you're going to need to see both of those guys. Um the other double-digit scorer is Jordan Wright, who is currently shooting 31% from three, so he's another guy to look out for. He's a 6'6 guy, um, and he's the best shooter on their team, second-best scorer on the team. Um, so those are the two players you're going to have to key in on. Um, again, I, I think they do a relative. They did a relatively decent job versus Villanova at times from three. Again, they were streaky. Uh, and that, that's what Villanova is. I, I don't know how streaky of a team LSU is uh, shooting from three, but you know they, they would go cold. They'd go like one of ten, and then all of a sudden they'd hit four straight. I don't think LSU's like that, but again, I'm not going to pretend to have watched a lot of LSU basketball so far this year, so I apologize on that. Um, I do think now knowing that Tomlin isn't going to come back, you really need Gasson. You really need... Um, Kaluma, who I didn't even talk about. I'm going to circle back to Kaluma's game versus Villanova in a second. You're going to need McNair to really play like heroes. Buddy Rich is quite up for it um, versus big-time opponents. Didn't see the court on uh, Tuesday. Um, Manning obviously doesn't have it. Um, I, I, I kind of think it's probably time for him to move on um, in the portal this offseason. Um depending on how how things are going to go for K-State rest of the season and into the offseason. Um, but but I think you really have three guys uh, to play one and a half spots. Uh, luckily, Cam Carter, I think, has proven uh, he can guard big wings. He can he can rebound the ball when he's asked, uh, asked to. Um, so in scenarios where you don't trust Buddy Rich, you don't trust um, Taj Manning, um, Cam Carter can play um, a little bit bigger than what his stature would probably have you think, um, but but th- there are no there are no reinforcements coming. It is time for David Gasson to start eating his Wheaties. Will McNair needs to start acting like he's going to be training for a marathon, and Arthur Kaluma has to become that alpha dog. Let's go back to Kaluma's game because that truly, especially what he had in the first half, that truly is the best of what we had hoped for from Kaluma. Three of three from free throw line, three of three from three, 10 of 13 from the field, 25 points. He did have five turnovers. We're going to forgive him for that. He had four assists, nine rebounds. He absolutely came to play and was the difference in that game. That is the Arthur Kaluma that we 
truly hoped to get when he came to K-State. Now, of course, it's a little frustrating that it came with um, maybe Tyler Perry's worst statistical game. Looking at his game log, um, probably his worst game at K-State. I mean, he was not great versus Northern Alabama. He didn't do much versus Central Arkansas. I mean, that or Central Arkansas was Perry's worst game. So so it sucks that it happened um, coinciding with uh, Perry's worst game. But look, we are now starting to see Arthur Kaluma come into his own. If he becomes a dude, as we like to say, if he becomes that alpha, if he really is able to see the floor as well as he did versus Villanova, that's a game changer for this offense and this team as a whole. Um, so I really hope that that was the wake-up call for him um, to realize, okay, I can really do some damage in this offense. Um, And if he can do that, if if we can kind of unlock this new level of Kaluma to be a new baseline for him, um, that allows Cam Carter to take a little bit of pressure off. Hopefully that takes a little bit of pressure off of Perry, and then those two guys can elevate to meet him at that level. And if they do, and if those three guys can play to that potential, um... Look, there are not many teams in the Big 12 that can beat you. If you get that version of Arthur Kaluma, that version, I mean, because Cam Carter played so well versus Villanova as well. Um, You just need uh, some of that efficiency to come through for Tyler Perry. But at the end of the day, look, um, efficiency be damned. If you're telling me that Perry's going to hit a game-winning shot, um, I'm not going to care about any of the other stats. So, um Props to him and, and, and props to K-State for finding a way to win that. Four overtimes already um, before, uh, what, before December 15th. Before you even halfway through December already have four overtime games. Had five last year. K-State 9-0 and in overtime games. Um, let's see. Um, the only other real call out, uh, something to watch moving forward, um, really is the, the lineup has tightened up. Um, that game, McNair played 31, David Gasson 37, Kaluma 44, Perry 42 or 41, Carter 42, RJ had six minutes, Colbert had five minutes and day day Ames had 19. Um, we're down to an eight man rotation. Um, and, and not a lot of minutes for folks outside of day-day aim. So conditioning and staying healthy and keeping your body right is going to be so important for this team. Um, I know we like to, to talk about coming into the season, oh, man, you know, we have more depth of guys on this team, and it, it doesn't have to just be the two guys. Well, again, Tomlin off the team completely kills that, um, and all of a sudden you're looking for – Day-Day aims to really uh, come into his own. Now, Quez Glover could be coming back uh, in January. Um, That's going to give you more experience at the guard. I don't think that's really going to help you much on defense. Uh, It will take some of the ball handling responsibility, some of that point guard responsibility off of Tyler Perry's hands at times. Um, So maybe that's going to open things up for Tyler uh, to just sit back and be able to shoot, especially if you're going to be able to say, all right, Day-Day's going to give you 19, Quez Glover's going to give you 21 minutes, and hey, Perry, just focus on scoring and playing some defense. Um, that could be what the doctor ordered 
Um, I will be interested to see how quickly Glover is back in rotation uh, once he's cleared to play and how long it takes him to get up to, you know, 15, 20 minutes or if he's ever going to be playing that many uh uh, th- that many minutes. Um, we're going to have to see what happens. Uh, still hope to see um, Buddy Rich and RJ Jones come along, get some more minutes. Same with Colbert. Would love to see him get more minutes. Um, but they don't seem to have the trust of Jerome Tang. Um, maybe with the doctor ordered, you know, a, a crawfish boil down in Louisiana and a blowout of the Tigers, Ed Orgeron's LSU Tigers, Brian Kelly's LSU Tigers. I don't know who the... Oh no! Oh man! Uh, it, it's the it's old McNeese State game. It, oh man, McMahon, McMahon is the coach at, at LSU. So it's McMahon's LSU Tigers. Um, blow them out. Get get some more minutes for Buddy Rich for RJ um, for Colbert. Uh, that would be big. Otherwise, uh, you're going to be going into Big Twelve play with a pretty tight rotation. Um, one game down, three to go in this kind of holiday testing period. Again, you got the road game with LSU. Uh, if you win that one, you have to be feeling confident uh, the following Sunday, so eight days later after finals week, playing Nebraska. Got to be feeling good about that one. You get it at home. Then I think it's going to be a damn good atmosphere in T-Mobile Center. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of shockers. Um, but, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're selling uh, all sections of the upper deck. I believe the entire lower level is sold out. Um, so I think it's going to be the best attended uh, K-State holiday game in the T-Mobile Center in a long time. Now, I hope a lot of that is purple and white instead of black and gold. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's going to be a fun day of basketball in Kansas City regardless. Um, so one down, three to go. You get that one. All of a sudden, you might be disappointed with three and one. Um, I don't know who Ken Palm says is the toughest between Nebraska, LSU, Wichita State. I don't think any of them are inherently tough. Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily expecting to lose any of them. Again, first road test, that could be tough. Um, We'll see how they react. I don't think it's going to be a wild crowd at all. I think it's going to be a pretty subdued crowd down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, But if they come through with that with a dub coming home, long wait for Nebraska, I'll be ready for it. I know you guys will as well. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, give some love to the women's team. They demolished McNeese State 101 to 39. Massive statement night for the entire team. No starter uh, played more than 21 minutes. Serena Sundell's the only one who played more than 21 minutes. Uh, no one else played more than, I think, 19. Um, so everyone on the team played. Uh, points distributed all around. Um, they're they're an absolute wagon. Um, their their last real test before Big Twelve play, uh, they're playing Missouri up in Saint Joe, Missouri, um, on Saturday, five p.m. Uh, if you're in the area, try to get up there, get watch them because they're an entertaining team. I don't think it's on TV, so uh, get up there. Uh, I'm sure tickets are very reasonable. Um, watch them play old uh, conference foe Missouri. Um, see their, see them live and in person. I, I, I think it'll be a good show. They're highly entertaining. Uh, top 15 team. And again, this is the last uh, Power 5 team. And, and Missouri's only lost a couple. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a fight. It's going to be a bit of a battle, I'm sure. But I think Aoka Lee, Gabby Gregory, Serena Sundell, uh, Zendaya Walker, uh, the Glenn Twins, uh, the Spaniard Gisela, 
Um, Sanchez, I think it's Sanchez. If it's not, I'm going to have to go back. Um, but but they're a very entertaining team. And, and Aoka Lee, did I even say Aoka Lee? Gabby Gregory, uh, of course. Uh, so you have all sorts of superstars um, and if you're in Northeast Kansas, if you're in Northwest Missouri, Kansas City Metro, get up to St. Joe, see them play Missouri 5 p.m. Um, on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I, I, I might be trying to get up there. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I'm going to attempt to at least. I am going to attempt to get up there. Um, and if I don't, I'll probably, I mean, I'll have to listen on the radio. Um, I'm going to have to listen on the radio because... I want to hear Brian Smoller. He's the best. All right, that's all we have, though. Um, We're going to call it a night. It was a grab bag. Uh, Next week, we'll have some sort of review show on Monday. (laughs) I mean, I'll probably have to talk about it because we will do a Q&A show on Tuesday. And then from there, we'll figure it out. From there, we will figure it out. So that's all we have. Um, As of recording this, um, yesterday, as you guys are listening, first night of Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah. Um, to everyone out there who celebrates Hanukkah, happy holidays and Merry Christmas, of course, uh, in the season of giving. Please consider giving to a charitable organization of your choice, uh, near and dear to your heart. Um, time, money, donations. Um, try to make someone smile this holiday season. It's a feel good Friday. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice that might change their day, week, month, year, life. Make someone smile today. That's your challenge. Uh, This weekend, give back to an organization. This Friday, make someone smile, make someone's day. So for Chauncey, the best dog in the world, uh, for my family, shout out to my dad, Kevin, my mom, Cinny, to my brother, Alan, sister-in-law, Andrea, um, my Aunt Julie, she can get a shout out, best family friend in the world, Alice, shout out to you, Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, I I love you all. Merry Christmas. My name is Scott McFarland. Let me know what I'm wrong. A lot of folks telling me when I'm right. A lot of folks telling me when I'm wrong. I have thick skin at Scott Wildcat at Bosco's boys. My name is Scott McFarland. We love you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah and go cats.
Social Podcast Network.